Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. This is Wednesday, September the 29th. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today, I am privileged to have author and speaker and homeschool mom extraordinaire, Mary Ann Sunderland, back on the show with me today. And we're going to pick up where we left off from yesterday's discussion, talking about homeschooling special needs kids. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Are you weary? I hear that word everywhere I go these days. People are weary from the pandemic, weary from what's happening in our schools, weary from what's happening in our state capital, and perhaps most of all, people are weary from the feckless leadership in Washington, D.C. But I've got good news for you guys. My name is Heidi St. John, and I'm running for Congress in Washington's 3rd Congressional District. I need your support so I can be your voice in Washington, D.C., and together we can bring sanity and hope back to this weary land. To join my team, please visit me online, HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. So thank you guys for tuning in today. It's really a joy to have you here. I am thrilled because my longtime friend, Marianne Sunderland, is on the show with me today. Yesterday, we kind of talked about, sort of tackled the question of, can I homeschool a special needs child? What does that look like? Marianne has extensive history doing this. Seven of her eight children are dyslexic, and she has written a book to help you uh, thrive during the homeschool years, even if you have children who are presenting you with unique learning challenges. Marianne, my friend, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Heidi. This is fun. So it is fun. I know. We should we should be talking in person. I'm coming to California, so I'll I'll keep you posted on that. Okay. Um we have we were talking yesterday answering basically the question, can I homeschool? So that's question number one. Can I homeschool my special needs kids? And you had mentioned that one of the things you had to do was really deconstruct what you thought you understood about education. And as you were saying that, I was like, well, shoot fire. I, I'm doing, I had to do that too. And I didn't have special needs kids. And I think this idea that we've been taught really for generations that education has to look a certain way. This is what works. This is what doesn't work. You have to have a certified teacher who went to school to learn, you know, X, Y, and Z to teach your child. And really that myth of education has been shattered and right, rightly so, because these kids are actually thriving in a homeschool environment when they have parents who are willing to come alongside them. That was a decision that you made. And then you get into the nitty gritty once you pull your kids home, like, okay, my child has an IEP. So I want to, I want to sort of talk a little bit today about these programs that are specific to the public school system and First of all, let's, I'll let you define what these programs are for people who are like, I haven't heard those terms. And then let's talk about how we can access those systems and make them work for us, even if we're homeschooling. Okay. So um, there's two kinds of legal documents that kids with learning issues have in schools, um, and neither of them are accessible until you get testing. So a lot of times parents with struggling learners are fighting with the schools to get the testing. Mm -hmm. And the reason they want the testing is because they want the special services. They want the IEP, the Individualized Education Plan. And what that basically does is once the testing has come back and it shows a discrepancy between uh, intellect, like IQ, and mm -hmm. output, you know, um, then they'll say, okay, yes, you have an average to above average IQ, which all kids with dyslexia do or most, um, but you're performing poorly in these subjects. Um, they will put together an IEP 
that sets some educational goals basically for your child. And then the school is actually responsible for making those goals happen. And that usually comes about by special services, they're called sometimes. So maybe your child is pulled out an hour a day to work with a reading specialist or something like that, or an occupational therapist or whatever um, types of issues that your child may have. Um, every IEP is different. A 504 plan is like maybe a step down from the IEP. Some kids have both, but some kids only have a 504. And the 504 is just basically accommodations. And a lot of kids with learning struggles can do fine with just some accommodations. They just need to be able to speak their papers into an iPad. They just need to be able to use audiobooks. They need more time on tests, things like that. So a, a 504 is allowing teachers to give special accommodations to kids that need them so that they can perform at their at their intellectual ability, right? Um, you know, if a kid struggles with math facts, um, maybe they would allow them to use a calculator. That's not uncommon, um, which is interesting because that means homeschoolers can do it too. <laughs> but anyway, a lot of times, a lot of times, um, people will come to me and they'll say, you know, what do I do with all this stuff? And the, re the reality is, is that you can just set it aside. Mm. <laughs> and a lot of families would be pleased to do that because it's very stressful. IEP meetings are notoriously stressful. Essentially, there is no IEP when you're homeschooling. You are responsible for providing your child with the specialized education that they need. Now, some areas, some states, um, you can continue to receive the services through your school, you would, I would highly recommend contacting homeschool legal defense. Um, in fact, that's like when you decide to homeschool your kid, the second thing you need to do is sign up and join homeschool legal defense because yep. not only are they protecting your rights, they have a ton of resources for families with outside the box kids. So you do not need to do anything with your IEP uh, or your 504 plan. You do, you're not beholden to it. They, you know, I've had parents say that the school said that they could not leave the school because they have an IEP. That's not true. Oh, no, no, so, that's not true. No. So essentially, um, you know, if you want the services that your child was getting within the public school, you'll have to talk to your local state education, a board of education, and try to figure that out. Schools are very loath to provide services, as you know, to homeschoolers. Yes. Um, and so they're loath to provide services in general to kids who need them anyway. Um, and a lot of times, and even in my experience and talking with other parents, the services that they provide are generally not even research-based or evidence-based. And so a lot of times it's kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, it could be overwhelming to think that now that responsibility is on you, but um, there are so many programs available today that actually work that are not expensive and that are parent-friendly. Like for example, an Orton-Gillingham reading program. We've got All About Reading. We've got Logic of English. We've got Reading Horizons. We've got Barton. We have four excellent affordable programs that you can use at home with your kids. Um, and all of those companies have amazing uh, customer service, right? And so they're going to walk you through how to actually teach your child at home. Or you can hire a tutor, um, which, you know, in certain circumstances is a good idea. Um, and then the 504 plan, you know, the accommodations, you can just go ahead and use whatever accommodations that you want to use. And I have a lot of information on that kind of thing on my site. I think a lot of parents feel like accommodations like using a calculator for math is cheating. Right. But you have to really step back and look at the big picture. Like, what is the goal 
of yes. this assignment? You know, why are, why is my child doing this, um, you know, long division or this algebraic problem? Like where they, they can't factor well, right? Because they don't know math facts, but they can understand the concept. Just give them the tools they need, right? To continue learning. And um, it's, it's commonly done in schools and it's okay to do at home. Well, and isn't, isn't homeschooling by its very nature, the ultimate IEP? Seems like it is. Oh, it is. It's, I mean, it's like tutoring. Yeah. You're basically getting one-on-one, two-on-one, three-on-one. Um, and, and a lot of kids, like my kids thrive one-on-one. Like, and, yeah. and you know, you think, oh, but English is going to take 50 minutes. I don't have, you know, six 50-minute periods. Well, it doesn't take 50 minutes. It takes about 15 when you're yep. one-on-one. And, you know, you that's what our kids oftentimes need. They're bored to tears, like they can't focus or whatever. And yep. you just sit down face-to-face. And, and I, w- one of the things that's so huge about homeschooling kids that learn differently is being able to individualize their learning. So in a classroom, you know, you've got, you've got, you know, the, I don't know, 60% of kids who are just marching along kind of the average. And then you've got, you know, the bell curve, you got kids on both ends, you got the kids who are struggling to keep up and the kids who are, you know, zooming ahead. Right. But there's no place for the kids on the ends of the bell Mm -hmm. curve. So Um, what's beautiful about homeschooling is, and you'll often see, you know, a kid years ahead in math and, you know, still can't read independently. Right. And it's totally fine. It's totally normal. You just teach them where they're at. And a lot of times with reading kids with dyslexia and language-based learning difficulties, and they learn on a different trajectory. Mm. So like a lot of times you'll have a 10, 11, even 12 year old that's reading way below grade level. And it's kind of scary. You know, I get a lot mm-hmm. of parents contacting me at, at, with kids <laughs> this age. They're like, what am I going to do? Like, how are they going to do high school? And the thing is, is that I call it middle school magic. I don't know why it's just, it's just magical. <laughs> but a lot of kids in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, sometimes ninth, like the brain develops and everything kind of sinks in and all of a sudden they're reading. And with the proper accommodations, they can now speak their papers or type and use spell checkers. There's a lot of different assistive technology that can help kids who struggle with like the mechanics of language to really express themselves and their ideas. And they have brilliant ideas. And so, um, I don't know, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but that's you know, the beauty of homeschooling is that you can individualize their education to exactly what they need. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the tangent is really helpful because what we've heard for years, what you're saying is everything that we've been told was wrong. You know, that we were told we couldn't do this. We were told we were going to mess our kids up if we kept them home. And what you're saying is exactly the opposite. These kids are thriving. They're getting one-on-one attention or one-on-two or one-on-three. And we're able to individualize their learning to really find out where that bend is and fold them along the bend. You know, you've got, like I do... I think uh, five five of our kids, five of mine, are five of yours, right out of the house now. They've graduated. Um, what has what have you observed as these kids have graduated your homeschool and gone into the adult world? Because I hear people all the time say, "Boy, you're just not going to be able to prepare them. They're not going to know what hit them when they get out of your homeschool because you had them in this little bubble." Um, can you speak to that for just a minute? Because I know that your kids, like mine, are doing very different things now, uh, yeah. even from their siblings. They're actually finding what they were made to do. Yeah. So, you know, I have one child, she just graduated from college. Um, 
barely passed algebra in high school, um, struggled, resisted, you know, and I, and I did my best to just create a learning environment where we can kept our relationship. We yeah. kept communication. I didn't know what the heck I was, you know, I, you know, I was like, well, she's not going straight to a four year school. That's for sure. But, <laughs> you know, but, but you, you facilitate their interests, right? Lots of conversations about jobs and work and meaning of life, right? You know, homeschoolers that we just do that kind of stuff. And so yeah. when she got to be finished with high school, she uh, decided that she wanted to be a physical therapist and pretty quickly turned her academic life completely, ma- like massive 180, like just very disciplined, uh, very motivated. And so, and, you know, graduated with honors with a science degree, higher wow. math. Right. So not me, a hundred percent, not me. Like she found what she wanted to do. And we facilitated that, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we guided her. There were lots of tears, you know, lots of, I don't know if I can do this, you know, and then, and just pushing her back to like the resources and helping her learn to advocate and stuff. But so there's that, like, if you're concerned about academics, you know, just keep the, just keep their confidence alive, keep their dreams alive. Like don't, don't tell them that, I mean, the PhD program for physical therapy, I was kind of like, gee, what other jobs could you get, you know, with a degree in kinesiology? Because I was like, I just don't even know, like, if I can handle you going through a PhD program. Right, right. No kidding. But um, so anyway, that's her. So one academic kid, um, one of them has my four grandkids. She's in Alabama. She's Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. And then my two sons um, are both, so- you know, my older kids sailed around the world. They had that whole big thing, yeah. Which is another yep. episode. Yes. Um, but so my oldest uh, got a license. He's a licensed yacht captain, okay. and um, kind of made his name in the marina. And you know, what was interesting is one of the fa- the main factors in his success was that he was such he had such strong character. Mm. So people would come to me and say, "Your son is so polite." your son is so hardworking, you know? And I was just like, oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like he can't, he still can't, he's probably spells like a second grader, you know, without assistive technology. Um, but he's, he's got a a good heart, you know what I'm saying? And so like that carried him far and now he's, you know, captains very large boats and he's very highly sought after. My other son, adult son, super profoundly dyslexic. Like I, really worried about this kid. And he's the first one that we actually put into educational therapy and paid a lot of money for tutors. And by the time he graduated, he was like, I don't want to go to college. I don't think Mm -hmm. I want to do that. And so he worked with his dad who has, he's a tradesman. He was a British trained shipwright. So in England at the time when he was growing up at, at 16, you could choose to do two years of an apprenticeship or two years of college prep which I think is a fabulous idea. It's like a great idea. the trades yeah. are, and there's, uh, there's options for trades now, but anyway, he, ch- he quickly chose the trades, got an, did an apprenticeship as an, a boat builder and that with his entrepreneurial skills and his people skills, you know, he supported our whole family for 30 years, you know, <laughs> yeah. no degree, you know, finished high school at 16. Um, so he used, you know, he used his different gifts and talents that God gave him 
with the education that he got, you know, this training that he got to create a business. So, so Toby's done the same thing, but just a different vision. So he's a yacht manager. He also, um, you know, studied to take that yacht captain's license. And, you know, he was a kid too that, I mean, to get him to write a five paragraph essay was so painful. We were both crying by the end. And I'm pretty sure I wrote like three quarters of it anyway, you know, (laughs) but you know, but he's an Eagle Scout. Um, Now you'll see he he puts together these massive proposals for his clients, you know, multi-million dollar clients that he's putting together proposals and printing them up. And I'm like, did someone help you with that? You know, he's like, (laughs) You know, he's like, no, you know, I got the Google suite down, you know, I, I, and so, I mean, he's just, so what's happened is high school was like trying to mm-hmm. get them to be educated, <laughs> trying to get them right. to be able to read and write. And I, I wish that I had not stressed as much. And I wish that I had appreciated their differences more. Mm-hmm. And I but, think too, that goes back to that. That's every mom ever. I mean, I think, yeah, you know, so we true. get to the end of it and we just, man, I wish I would have appreciated this or I wish I would have slowed down a little bit, not been so worried. I mean, I hear you, I hear that in your voices telling these, these parents, Hey, don't be so, don't be so worried. Uh, because the truth of the matter is we've been conditioned to think that we can't do it. And stories like yours tells the mom who has even the special needs kid, you can do it and your kids are going to be just fine. There's so many stories of families that have taken a very alternative path. You know, Mm -hmm. unschooling comes to mind, you know, parents that actually use no curriculum. I never quite got that. Yeah, um, I, I, never, I was never that brave either. Yeah, I didn't trust myself really, no, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I just won't do anything. Here, take, a, take a snicker bar wrapper out into the back porch and think something up. <laughs> <laughs> but there are many people who do unschool with their uh, high school aged kids and they do brilliantly, you know, with, mm-hmm. with community colleges today, there's no reason why you can't have an alternative experience in high school. Right. And still go to college. You know, I mean, my, yeah, I mean, there's different classes to help your kids kind of get up to speed. I, anyway. Um, and I, I think it's just that we think there's only one way, at least that's how it was with me. I thought, I thought that success looked a certain way and it took many years for me to, first of all, be married to my husband, who's very outside the box, mm-hmm. um, to see other families doing things outside the box and to see the value in it at the end of the day that that you there's no curriculum to teach your kids to be, you know, to have character, to have hard right. work, to, to learn about their strengths and weaknesses, to, you know, be vulnerable and be able to have close relationships. Like there's just... It's it's the parents. It's your, it's really your relationship with your kids. And um, you know they did a study and they polled successful dyslexics and they asked them like what's the what was the most impactful thing and and most of them the the, the most common answer was they had one person, whether it was their parent, their grandma, auntie, or teacher that believed in them yeah. and said, "I have no idea what's going on here, but I'm going to figure it out and I believe in you." And that's I mean, that's what we're basically doing when we say, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but that's not working and I'm going to bring you guys home and we're just going to figure it out. And that's, that's totally legit and totally like you can be successful with that mindset. (laughs) 
Well, and look how many kids are coming out of the public school system who've been on these IEPs for 12 plus years and they're struggling as adults, you yeah. know, and they didn't get that individual attention that they needed. And they didn't have somebody in their corner saying, you can absolutely do this. You know, nobody loves these kids, hopefully, and almost always the, the case, nobody loves these kids more than their parents. And the parents are going to be the ones who are motivated. The parents are going to be the ones who are going to say, no, I'm not going to let you fall behind. I'm going to stay with you. And it's, and it's, it's just like anything else. You know, you get out of relationships, what you put into them. And so the fact that these moms are, are willing and dads willing to come alongside our kids and say, we're going to give you the very best that we have. And we know uh, that, that, that part of that is homeschooling. Before we wrap up again today, I want to just um, give you a chance to just shout out your book one more time and tell people where they can pick it up. Um, so I just wrote a new book. I have a couple other beginner books, but my new book is called No More School, Meeting the Educational Needs of Kids with Dyslexia and Language-Based Learning Difficulties. I still have to read it. <laughs> I'm like, what's the name? What's oh, my book's it. name? But um, and that that's on Amazon right now. Okay. And and I have a website. My website is really the place to go if if you're looking for how-to and curriculum suggestions and things like that, or con to contact me. And that's homeschoolingwithdyslexia.com. Homeschoolingwithdyslexia.com. Mary Ann Sunderland, it is such a treat to have you here. Thank you so much. Heidi, uh, Just for your you. love of people and your willingness to come alongside other parents and help them navigate this road. I know there's going to be a lot of people listening to this today who are going to be encouraged. So uh, I appreciate you being here. Thanks, Heidi. You're welcome. For more information on Marianne Sunderland and her uh, her awesome website, please go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. I will link back to her books, including her newest one, and her website, homeschoolingwithdyslexia.com. Thanks for listening today, everybody, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com. <laughs>